You're listening to the Who's Driving Your Car podcast, episode 186. Hello and welcome to the Who's Driving Your Car podcast, where we discuss not only who or what might be driving your life, but also the great views and experiences along the way. Do you drive in the fast lane like my wife, or do you feel like you're stuck in first gear? You only get one life to live, and it can be either a total wreck or a beautiful cruise into the sunset. We are three friends that have collectively experienced almost anything that could possibly happen in this crazy world, and we'll be discussing our personal reflections and experiences so hopefully you can avoid running out of gas and truly enjoy the wind blowing in your hair. So hop on in with us for a little road trip called life, and let's discuss who's driving your car. Aye! What's happened, podcast world? Welcome back to the next episode of Who's Driving Your Car Podcast, episode 186. Ciento ochenta e seis. <laughs> well, guys, as y'all noticed, probably a little different intro with the hot dog man of Lake Charles, freshly married, still trying to honeymoon every second that he can. So. Every second, gallivanting all over the country, road tripping, flying. I know. I know, just leaving us behind, so we're happy for him. It's exciting time for him, so we're trying to get together today, and we're going to record a podcast on you today called No Pain, No Gain. No Pain, No Gain. I like that title. Yeah, so we're going to talk a little bit about uh, physical medicine and the kind of things that Craig Cream and I provide to uh, patients who are suffering from musculoskeletal injuries. This is something that was requested uh, initially by a good friend of mine, Alejandro uh, wanted to hear Craig and I talk about some of the things that we treat and just how we um, focus on pain management and other things like that. So we're just going to do a little brief discussion on that. We're going to talk ab- about it and call it No Pain, No Gain. What do yeah. you think about that topic, Cece? Man, I think it's cool. Uh, I guess a lot of our cast, we're really going deep into our, our hearts and minds on on things that affect us mentally or spiritually or emotionally. And um you know, I think we reference what we do every now and then about how we treat patients, but uh, it's going to be cool. We'll tell you all how we help people, what we do on a day-to-day basis, and, um, you know, maybe it'll be interesting for you. I think it'll be cool. Um, definitely in our, our field, there's a lot of pain, and we um, we hope people can get through it. And sometimes having pain is an opportunity to kind of have that, that time to reflect on the good things you do have that aren't hurting in life. And so... You know, if we can get people through their physical ailments, they have a new outlook on life. They and that's our goal, and so let's see what happens. Yeah, it, we were also scared to do it with Hot Dog here with us too, because we were afraid he was going to have flashbacks to his, his shoulder injury, and so <laughs> we de- try, de- decided to have it without him, so it'd be better off. Yeah, so. it might give him some PTSD. Yeah, you know, he starts flashing back to the time he hurt himself, and that's right. Oh man. Well, look b- before we get started, let's go into uh, the Would You Rather. I'll go ahead and take it today, and we'll keep it relevant to the topic today. So, Cece, would you rather? Neck pain or back pain? Oh, right in the wheelhouse for both of us, baby. <laughs> it is. Oh, man. Well, what would you rather? Okay, neck pain or back pain? I've actually had neck pain, and I've had some um, nerve pain in my arm, so I've fully experienced that. Um, And I've pulled my back a little bit. Ah, this is interesting. I feel like... I'm going to go, this sounds, people are going to be like, what are you talking about? Um, I may go back pain. Back pain. Okay. Yeah. 
I may go back pain. Um, when I had neck pain, it was tough because every single thing you do requires you to like look up, look down, turn your head left, turn your head right. Um, and the structures I think are much more um, intricate and delicate. And um, you think about the nerve roots, I've had pain in my arm and it's just one of those things where it's like, it's like when I had back pain, it was more annoying. When I had neck pain, it was more like a somewhat of a concern. I guess I had more anxiety about it for some reason. Maybe because the back is such a, a bigger structure, you've got more muscles, and you know I know um, how to stretch that out and a little flexibility. I'm talking about low back. I had to get Brother Steve to help me with my mid back. But um, yeah, I'm gonna say back. Now for those people that have got a herniated disc in their back, they're probably saying you're you're smoking something because <laughs> <laughs> I know how severe back pain can be. And in my mind, I'm thinking of a simple lumbar strain. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I think it depends on the severity of what we have going on. So I was thinking about it from the perspective, certainly what you were talking about is relevant. You know, you have some much more important structures that are easily compromised uh, in the cervical spine rather than just the low back. So going in, uncomplicated, you know, neck pain, back pain. I was going to say I'll take neck pain nice. because for me... Having all the kids and all that kind of stuff, I still need to be pretty physical. So I've got to lift babies all day, like I tell everyone. Um, I get in multiple wrestling matches at work all day, you know, pushing and pulling on mm -hmm. all these patients. So what I do is pretty physical. And I've had some back pain in the past. I actually had an injury whenever I was in high school where I fractured a vertebrae. Mm. And that was uh, pretty pretty tough yeah um, so for me uncomplicated no neurological compromise i'm going neck pain baby that's awesome <laughs> what do you think what hot, uh, hot dog would say oh man anything but my shoulder anything but pain <laughs> oh man ah uh, i know he's had some back issues before I, I would say neck he'd choose neck but it's so close to his shoulder he might still be freaked out by it um what you think yeah um I don't know. I think it would be cl too close proximity to what he still has uh, some concerns about. So <laughs> he'd probably just say, I'll pass. Yes. <laughs> I'll pass on having all the pain. <laughs> I'll pass. No, none of the pain. None of the pain. Uh, he would say, I would just go straight to Greg. Whatever Greg <laughs> oh, tells me. Oh, to do. Sure. All right, buddy. Well, how do you think we should start this topic today? Um, what kind of things come to your mind? What kind of things do you think would be uh, pertinent and relevant to uh, the listeners out there who don't really have an in-depth view of musculoskeletal pains, uh, neuromuscular injuries, that kind of thing. What do you think is important to those kind of people? Do you think uh, training, that kind of thing is relevant? Yeah, I think, you know, I think there's a lot of uncertainty when it comes to pain, at least in my experience seeing folks. Um, I think people have pain or an injury and they're going to see somebody they know or somebody they that told them to go see this guy. And there's this like concern, like what's going on? Why do I hurt? How long is it going to hurt? And I, I can't do the things I want to do. So what am I going to do to get better? And I think that, you know, depending on who they go to, that person's going to have their way of seeing things. And I always tell people treating pain is a multidisciplinary approach. It's a, it's not something that one pill or one shot or one treatment might help. But if you have a team of people working with you that all do what they do to help people get better, you have, I think, a higher chance of getting better. So, um, shoot, one thought I had was maybe like, you know, we both treat people in pain, neck pain, back pain, and we kind of come at it from two different fields and specialties, maybe kind of explaining, like in your case, how you, you know, your field and like how you see people and help them and I can do the same and maybe open their minds up to the fact that maybe a lot of times their injuries aren't 
you know, a, a death sentence. Like there's hope and you know, maybe we can offer some insight into what other options are out there. What do you no, think? I agree. I think that's a, a good way to start off. So for me, um, my degree is in chiropractic medicine. So I have a doctorate degree in that. And we're kind of a primary care provider for neuromusculoskeletal injuries. So a lot of people traditionally think of us for neck pain, back pain, but we really treat, you know, really the full body, um, shoulders, hips, and all that kind of stuff, just depending on what the problem is. So I think there's a big misconception for a lot of people out there on how those injuries should be managed. Uh, you know, traditionally speaking, the original um, recommendations were, oh, if you hurt something, rest it, don't move. Well, we know now, particularly for back conditions, that's really mm -hmm. one of the worst things that you can do. Inactivity really perpetuates those kind of uh, problems. In certain situations, certainly there's neurological compromise or other serious uh, joint disruptions or other things that you would supersede those recommendations. But generally speaking, resuming normal activity is the best thing that people can do. You want to comment on any um, <clears throat> that no, aspect of it? It's so true, you know, um, and it kind of goes with our title, No Pain, No Game. I think a lot of people have been conditioned to think they need to just lay down and not move. Like you said, but like Steve mentioned, you know, when you're not moving, the you're, you're not pushing blood through these areas. A lot of times, especially as the spine's concerned, there's very poor circulation in the disc, and it kind of needs you to move up and down to sort of milk that um, that disc and get in the good stuff and get out the bad stuff. And, you know, everybody has these misconceptions. I think, you know, the misconception that, hey, I hurt my back this weekend. Let's get an MRI, you know, or <laughs> I hurt my back. You know, where's the neurosurgeon? No, you know, neurosurgeon doesn't want to see you until you've hurt for months and you've got severe neurologic deficit that's improved, that hasn't improved with other things. So um, I think it's important to kind of revisit, uh, you know, what does it mean when we hurt? You know, is it necessarily a bad thing? Are you doomed? I do feel like, you know, at least in our field, when we see these injuries, you know, people are used to getting instant gratification, right? Our phone gives us instant gratification. Um, email, everything's so easy and so quick. And uh, you cut yourself, you know, it's going to be healed in a couple days or you get a cold within a week. In our field, a lot of times these injuries, they can last for weeks to months. It doesn't mean you won't get better. It's just you have to have a little more patience. And I think give your body uh, time to heal, but also at the same time kind of moving through it and, and following the direction of the, the healthcare provider. That's If they're telling you to move or, or, or get active, that's not necessarily a bad recommendation. Yeah, I think a lot of people have uh, a fear avoidance behavior of, of pain, and that's something that you need to work with people, and we certainly we do every day, trying to get people to overcome that to say, look, you know, I know it doesn't feel good to turn your neck, but if you don't utilize those muscles, they're going to cool off. It's just going to perpetuate that ongoing muscle rigidity and uh, make, it, make your recovery process slower. Um, you know, one of the other things that has been interesting to me over the years is a lot of people delay uh, intervention. So they may hurt themselves in the yard doing something like that. Um, they may not see anybody or they'll start off and see their primary care provider. Um, what kind of intervention time frame do you think is best? I know traditionally speaking, they were saying, you know, give it a, give it four to six weeks. Most of the kind of things will resolve. Um, but some of the collaborative care conferences that I've been to in the past, they talk about if somebody has an, an issue and it doesn't resolve in four to six weeks, 
then the best time to intervene is within the first three days of onset of um, mm-hmm. the episode. So it's kind of a, an odd thing. The traditional thinking would be, well, most of the, most mechanical neuromusculoskeletal issues will go away on their own without any significant intervention, mm-hmm. maybe over-the-counter um, Tylenol Advil leave, that kind of thing. What do you think about that? concept yeah you know it makes sense it's true you know i think acute stuff yeah you give it a day or two but if it's still hurting you know we see so many people with different personalities different body types different activity levels and you don't know if the person who injures themselves is going to be somebody who's going to be proactive and 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 you know stretching taking the meds you know maybe using warm heat or they're just going to sit there and, and wallow in their misery and not have any direction whatsoever and we know that the more time that goes by without being treated uh, for somebody has some, you know, an injury, depending on how quick it recovers, could sort of perpetuate this sort of chronic pain, um, uh, you know, uh, picture. You know, they end up getting worse because they never got direction in the upfront. You know, if anything, it doesn't hurt to rule out acute injuries that are really bad that need significant attention, and it doesn't hurt to get direction, right? So you can see somebody that can evaluate you give you peace of mind, give you reassurance, um, give you some direction, you know, and a lot of times that's when I see people in that they didn't follow that initial um, treatment protocol and they got stuck in this chronic sort of um, loop. And uh, in my field specifically is it's called physical medicine and rehabilitation. And it's a residency where we, we try to help people with nerve or muscle conditions who are have chronic pain and functional deficits. So in my field, I was trained to give people injections in their body or spine. If there's a chronically inflamed area you know even my field says the first line of treatment for somebody with one of these acute injuries is to get them um, into a chiropractor's office for soft care adjustments treatment intervention direction guidance and then some people do get structural changes that over time aren't getting better because um, either due to the complexity of the problem or it's keeping them from making progress and then I will see those individuals and we'll look at their MRIs and um, you know, let's say there's a herniated disc or sciatica, then we can use an x-ray to guide an injection uh, directly on that area to decrease the inflammation, hopefully facilitate healing, and then make the overall rehab um, program go better because now they can participate more. You know, the interventions that Steve does works better. And as a tag team sort of um, approach, I think people really get the best outcomes. But like he said, sometimes getting um, answers up front or as soon as possible is the best um, chances of increasing your ability to get better. Yeah. And I think doing the physical medicine interventions that we provide. So the kind of things that I do in my office for spinal manipulation or adjustments, we do therapeutic exercise, which includes range of motion, strengthening, stretching, um, electrical modalities. So like electrical stimulation, interferential, we do um, therapeutic ultrasound, mechanical traction, all that kind of stuff. So those are the tools that I have at my disposal to try to resolve these issues. So a lot of people, like Craig was talking about earlier, they'll have an injury. They're like, oh, I have a, a severe back pain, and it may be pretty severe, but whenever they initiate treatment at my office, unless there's some significant neurological compromise, then there's not really, we know from the research that there's not a great need to have advanced imaging done at that time. So we may need to do some plain film x-rays or something like that to rule out any abnormal anatomy or just to make sure the structural integrity is intact uh, in order to withstand the physical pressure that we may or may not apply to the area 
But most of uh, these patients really don't necessarily need advanced imaging. A lot of people are under, under the misconception that this is going to help treat me now. And in most cases, it really isn't, um, you know, helpful. So mm -hmm. some of the things that we're on the lookout for as far as signs or if somebody has loss of uh, motor function, they're having trouble with mobility in some of the muscle groups innervated by different nerve roots, if they start losing bowel and bladder function, uh, if they have an unexplained fever or some other compromise like that, those are reasons that we may want to do the advanced testing early on. But like Greg was saying earlier, the initial interventions with the MRI are usually not necessary. So currently most of the medical treatment guidelines delay that process for about four to six weeks and that's really the kind of time frame that we work with work with in my office as far as trying to reduce the pain reduce the inflammation restore the normal mobility and getting people where they're feeling more comfortable and when those uh, treatments don't work then this is the guy who i've passed these people on in order to get some additional help and you know he talks about having um, the procedures that he does at his disposal too, which he doesn't always use initially. Sometimes he starts off with oral medications and see if patients respond to that. So, yeah, it's true. Uh, like Steve said, you know, a lot of people want to put the cart before the horse. Yeah. And uh, most guidelines these days, you know, want to see you do some conservative care for six weeks. You know, which may include the the, the hands-on treatments that Steve provides, and or maybe some medication if they need a little assistance with like an anti-inflammatory or muscle relaxer. And only then after that, if you still hurt. Um, do we usually get the advanced imaging or in the MRIs? And then, you know, even what I do could be considered conservative compared to like neurosurgery. It's funny how a lot of people, for some reason, when they have neck or back pain, think the neurosurgeon is sort of the answer. And I can tell you, I work with many neurosurgeons. They do not want to see you for your pain um, if it's anything less than two or three months, unless you have one of those um, uh, severe signs that maybe Steve mentioned where you're, you can't go to the bathroom, you're having incontinence severe motor function that's just getting progressively worse because even then there's a lot of conservative options we can get the mri which at that point in this in the stage we're looking for something deeper that maybe wouldn't heal under a normal timeline and would suggest why you still hurt and if we can find those things then we might have some interventions you know some of the injections we provide are like epidurals nerve blocks we have diagnostic injections so we have some folks who have bad back pain due to arthritis but you know, in your low back, you've got 10 little joints there um, just in your lumbar spine. Well, how do you know which one hurts? Well, you can do a pretty good job dialing it in with exam and MRI, but sometimes we have to put it to sleep to see if it actually goes to sleep. So if you have back pain and I numb the nerves to those particular joints, and before the shot you had a 10 out of 10 pain, if I numb it up and you come out with a 1 out of 10, chances are I touched the problem. If you come out with a 10 out of 10, I didn't put the medicine on the problem. There's something else going on. And so those are injections where we won't actually use a steroid, but we'll identify the nerve that's causing your pain. In some cases, we can we can do an ablation and burn the nerve and get some long-term relief. You see that a lot in the older individuals who have had a lifetime of wear and tear, as opposed to some of the younger people who it's usually, you know, muscle, ligament, or even a disc, I think, uh, can be an issue. So let me tell you, uh, 80 to 90 percent of our listeners are gonna get better between what me and Steve do. So you know, if you ever, you know, injure yourself, don't 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 freak out. I mean, there's lots of things that can be done to to make you better. And if you need surgery, we can usually give you some insight into when that's when that's needed. Yeah, I think it's also interesting to um, remind people, and a lot of people get really excited whenever you do get an advanced, you know, MRI, CT, something like that, where you can see the. Uh, 
inside structures uh, easily. A lot of people get overexcited. Maybe you'll have a disc bulge. Maybe you'll have a small disc herniation. Uh, how often do you see that happening where people have a disc herniation and they think it's really, they're really excited about it, not necessarily in a good way, mm-hmm. but uh, they get all up in arms about, oh, I have this disc herniation. What are we going to do this? Inject something here. Maybe I should cut it out. And you and I see this. We look at the clinical presentation, and we know that that's not the pain generator. Right. So it's uh, it's so true. We see it all the time. You know, if you got a bad, if you got knee pain, you got a you know two bones and a joint, right? And you only got one thing that can hurt with your back. Using that as an example, you got five vertebrae, ten joints, five discs, ten nerves, muscles, ligaments, tendons. It's all being held together. And um, we could probably MRI a hundred people on the street right now with absolutely no pain. And I would bet 95% are going to have some bulges and some arthritis and all these changes because this happens to all of us over time naturally. And yes, there may be a tipping point um, in our life where those things start to hurt, but super common to have bulges and, and arthritis and protrusions. And yes, one day you may wake them up and they may start hurting, but the good news is it's not a death sentence. I think a lot of people who have pain They'll look at these MRIs, like you said, and, oh, there's a herniation. Well, even a herniation doesn't necessarily have to hurt depending on how bad it is. But in their mind, it's like, well, you're going to do your treatment, but is it going to, quote, unquote, fix it? You know, if fixing it means it's going to go back to the way it was when you were 12. Well, no. <laughs> but no. You know, no. But you know what? If I would have MRI'd you a week before you started hurting, it would have looked the same, probably, <laughs> unless it was a major accident. So... Um, I think it's important to realize those are all natural things that can occur and that, you know, we see them and we're able to, with our exam techniques and ability to read films, pretty much get an under, an idea of whether or not that structure is causing you pain. And even when we can calm your pain down and you're better, you may still have those structural changes. And that may be with you the rest of your life, but doesn't mean you're going to hurt necessarily. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it is funny to not necessarily funny, but to see how worked up people get about that stuff. And I guess it comes from a lack of understanding. So I guess most of us are probably visual. So whenever you look, can look at something and, you know, some of those things are pretty dramatic whenever you're looking at normal and you compare that to um, a non-normal disc presentation. You know, it looks scary. It looks like it's pushing out in a direction that's probably causing some problems. That's got to right. be it. So it is interesting to see that. So for you, at what point are you pushing patients beyond your ability to for the procedures that you provide? When do you take the next step and say, okay, this is beyond the things that I can offer for you. You need to have more intense intervention than what mm-hmm. I can provide for you. So, Yeah, you know, if it's somebody who's young, has a herniated disc, and they have a true sciatica with some sensory or motor deficits, um, at this point, we know what's causing their problem if they have a large herniation. I'm gonna give them an epidural and see how it works. The guidelines let me do up to three rounds if I if I want to. Usually I'll do one and see if it helps and we'll try to kick the can down the road. And you watch and you can tell people are moving in the right direction or not. So if somebody responds well to a shot and then a month later it comes back, we could always repeat it. And then if it comes back, then it's sort of like, all right, timeout. You know, why is it doing this? Is it more than my shot can help? You know, some people have a problem that a shot won't even help. It has to be fixed. Or is there more than one thing going on? Some people have two levels, right? And so I have to change kind of the approach. And so usually it's a timeline thing. And if there's any significant, I mean, if, if the pain or the motor deficits are really impacting quality of life, I'll have my my, my flag up a little more um, looking for, okay, when do I need to get surgery involved? If it's sort of a chronic thing, we can usually work through it. 
Um, but just giving it time. And nowadays, most insurance companies won't even let you consider surgery unless you've had a few shots. And so we know that if you picture, uh, you know, all the people with pain going into a funnel, you know, there's this huge chunk that are going to get better when Steve touches them. Then it narrows down. And that group, there's a big chunk that gets better when I poke on them. And then it narrows down. You're left with a little concentration. You know, if you have about 100 people, maybe 5% need to ultimately see the surgeon. And yeah. so, hopefully, we can kind of work through those. And But usually, it's if they're not responding to the different shots or I've done everything I can. And, um, you know, I, get, I move them on. But I have another insight, another thought. You know, when you look at heart disease and diabetes and all these things, arthritis, all this stuff, sort of a chronic we call it aging. Like we all just assume this is kind of what happens to us as we get older. Well, I think a lot of the conditions we see are this wear and tear. There's some people where it happens faster than others. And um, it's like, you know, what's leading to that? You know, we talk about genetics, but I think a lot of people, when they want the fix, right, they want the shot, the pill, the adjustment, the surgery, without giving much thought to how they got there in the first place. And I think there's a lot of preventative things that we've talked about over the years it's amazing how many foods can cause chronic inflammation or lack of exercise or lack of flexibility. Um, any thoughts on like kind of maintenance slash prevention slash lifestyle um, habits and changes that may either decrease the odds of people having pain or increasing the odds of them getting better? Because I think I, I have an opinion on some of that. I want to know what you thought. No, man, I agree. <laughs> Certainly the lower inflammatory diets that you uh, you you stick by would be better so that would you know systemically less uh trauma to you across the board uh so that would be the first benefit but one of the things that i think has the biggest effect on uh, my patients or employment their physical activity the kind of things that they do on a consistent basis so you know trauma and other things like that certainly have an effect on it advance um accelerate the generative changes, wear and tear kind of stuff. But for me, one of the biggest factors, I think, because I've tried to do some diet modification of things like that. And in our part of the world, you know, it's not a, a popular thing no, to do. No, it's not. It's not. Uh, so I, after a while, I steer clear of that. But seeing the physical things that people do on a daily basis, usually in their work, to me, makes the biggest impact on my patients. How about you? That's awesome, man. It's true. You mean like working or lack of working? Or you think about what they do while they're at what their work? What they do while they're at work. Mm -hmm. so Ergonomics. Ergonomics. Lifting. Just manual body labor. Positions. You know, mm -hmm. bricklayers, other things like that that are physically, you know, lifting a lot, moving a mm -hmm. lot, turning, not doing good ergonomics while they do those things because it's almost physically impossible to do so. So yeah. that's one of the biggest impacts that I think. Yeah. How about you? No, it's true. I think about that. It's like a lot of the stuff that truly would prevent these problems from happening. Most people, it's difficult, right? Yeah. You know, it's painful. You know, we talk about no pain, no gain. Well, exercising routinely is not fun for a lot of folks. Or yeah. eating healthy is not fun, especially in our part of the country. And we all, I mean, look, I'm the first one to say I love, you know, a Craigerita. And I love, Me too. You, know, you know, some good food. But, you know, it's it's crazy what we're learning now about like what sugar does um to your body and and, the, and seed oils you know seed oils being canola sunflower safflower vegetable these things that were used to be uh industrial lubricants in world war ii they they changed the name and turned it into something you can eat even though it's manufactured so having people maybe just try all natural stuff like avocado oil or coconut oil or um olive oil olive oil you know mm -hmm. beef tallow like mm -hmm. the real rendered beef fat is 
perfect. I used to fry all the fries back in the day in that back in the 70s, and then it got too expensive because of inflation, so they started boiling it in peanut oil. So this kind of stuff, there's a direct. If you look from the 70s to today, that the, the the line of disease and obesity has just gone through the roof. So I've had some folks where yes, they're not going to change. You know, and nobody's going to be perfect and be able to modify everything, but just making a few small changes reduced a lot of the inflammatory markers in their body when we did some blood work and we see the studies now showing that. So, you know, you can you can kind of give yourself a leg up and letting your body heal itself because it's sort of like if you put bad gas in the engine, that thing's not going to run right. You know, if you leave the lawnmower in the backyard, it's going to rust and turn into a pile of just rusty stuff. But if you take care of it, you wash it, you put good oil, you change the oil, I mean, you can you can have a lawnmower that lasts 30 years and our bodies are no different, you know? And so you, whatever you're experiencing in life um, will be the direct result of what you do to it, whether it's what Steve said, the, the demanding jobs, um, you know, maybe not lifting right, ergonomics, um, and some of it might not be in your control, right? And so, but I mean, even the food that goes in your body, the way you think, the way you sleep, the way you feel will, will be um, directly impacted by what you actually consume and, and, and what you do to it. So I think prevention goes a long way. Yeah, and you know you're talking about those things, and a lot of those things are in a lot of the processed foods. So 100%. It's really difficult unless you're uh, watching what you eat, reading labels, um, that to find out what's in those substances because it's buried in there pretty deep. So 100%. Um, one of the things that I want to give a little quick thing about before we have to go is um, one of the biggest tips that I try to ingrain in my patients is. It'll give you the best bang for your buck is, you know, for me, most of the patients that we see, they're going to get better in a relatively short period of time. And then once we calm down the inflammation, calm down the muscle spasms, restore the mobility, we try to strengthen and stabilize it. So you have long term Mm -hmm. stamina, long term durability of those tissues. And man, that's a difficult sell. Everybody really wants to feel better and whenever they feel better that's usually whenever they're gone they go (laughs) over the years i've kind of changed my uh approach to that and just really try to reinforce just saying look we're going to get you feeling better this is going to happen but at the end if you put in the extra time you do the exercises for four to six weeks the likelihood of you having reoccurring problems in this area is going to go down drastically but most people still don't most want to do it. So, yes. Even even with a short-term thing, telling people, look, this is going to save you money. You will not have to see me you know, again yes. unless you do something silly. It's a tough sell. Tough what sell. do you think? Do you have any quick tip on some, some of those things like that? Yeah, I know. It's so true. It's like, um, golly, you know, it's there's so many things in our life that you got to take care of, right? you got to you got to cut your grass. You got to dust your house. You got to do maintenance and change filters and air conditioners. When you don't, it all goes to hell. So you can call the repairman in to fix it, but if you don't maintain it or do the right thing, it's just going to break again. So like Steve said, number one thing is when you can isolate the injury, heal it, stabilize it, there's exercises you can do to, to strengthen your muscles, stay flexible, do those things. When you get a home exercise program, do it, continue it. Um, we know most of y'all listening won't, which is, you know, we're here for you. you know? <laughs> that's fine. That's I mean, going to happen. That's why our doors stay open. And if we had them open 24-7, there would be a constant line. Um, but, you know, you can do yourself a huge service by just taking care of yourself and doing those exercises and, and trying to prevent it. You may find that, you you know, you may not appreciate the fact that you prevent something much worse from happening down the road. 
Um, and you don't always see the benefit of what you do day to day, especially if you're not hurting. Um, but just know that changing that lifestyle or doing that thing is probably doing more than you could imagine, whether it's decreased doc- doctor's visits or you know, more function in your life, better quality of life. You know, we only got one shot. Like Matt always talks about snap of a finger. You got one shot at this world, one shot to live your best life. Um, you know, we see a lot of people who aren't moving too good because they made bad decisions over a long period of time. And now they can't really enjoy the things they want to do. And on the flip side, we got people who are there and they, they do make some changes and they can get um, a decent quality of life and, and, and travel and do things. So definitely, definitely uh, highly recommend what you're mentioning, Steve. Well, if any, if it was uh, just somewhere we could go or somebody had a pre-made video on strengthening stabilization stuff <laughs> that could point them in the right direction, even if they didn't want to come in, you could buy it online on Amazon. That's true. You, you know anybody that has that kind of stuff? I did not see that coming. <laughs> no, we actually back in the day we we published a video called Rehab Zone, and it's a still home, out there, right? Still out there. Yeah. I think it's still out there. It's a home exercise program for people with back pain. You do it from your home. Um, you just watch the videos. It'll teach you how to strengthen your back, work on flexibility, core strength, um, and uh, yeah, it's great. There's an online version too. I think it's in the in the kit. I have to go back and check. It's been a while, but <laughs> yeah, it's very good. So that's a great example. Thank you, and um, and. You know, anytime you're hurting, just know there's lots of conservative things. If we're going to, you know, talk about other simple things that you and I might have to touch with, we've got AccuPlus. Yeah. Topical energy, baby. Topical energy. that stuff like, like crazy. People AccuPlus love it. AccuPlus is a, is a topical, kind of like Biofreeze, but it's got 10 extra ingredients, including a nerve medicine, muscle relaxer, anti-inflammatory. Same stuff the veterinarians put on their horses is in there. It is powerful. And it's just a good um, alternative to oral meds or an adjunct with your meds. You could rub it in 10 to 15 seconds several times a day. And I just think anything that can give you pain relief with a, a better safety profile is, is worth going for. So um, AccuPlus is on, that's A-C-U-P-L-U-S, is on Amazon. And there's a website. And uh, and you know what? If you're in our neck of the woods, Steve and I are here for you. We'd be happy to help you with any ache or pain. And I guess it wouldn't be a complete cast if we didn't plug old Hot Dog. You know, he's a... um. He doesn't take care of injuries, but he helps people with injuries, right? So he, if you get in a car wreck, I can tell you he's probably the best guy we've ever, not just saying that because he's one of our best friends, but I mean, he genuinely cares about his clients. And we know that the the emotional process of going through an injury can be painful. And I can tell you, you got a Christian man who couldn't do a better job. I mean, he's just the most amazing person. So if you are in an accident, uh, car wreck, hurt yourself, and you need some legal guidance, you know, Matt would be more than happy to, to kind of steer you in the right direction, a.k.a. hot dog. And, uh, and then me and Steve are here to help get you back on your feet. <laughs> Amen, brother. Well, um, have you had anything that made you hit the gas or pump the brake this week? Oh, man, let's see. Thanks, brother. Oh, actually, we hit the gas. My birthday was this past Wednesday. So I got one year older, and my wife's was this past uh, Sunday. We're basically four days apart. And so we uh, did a little road trip to New Orleans, one of the places that we loved going to back in the day. My parents used to live there. Great food. Great food. Man, we ate all the food, too. Commander's Palace, um, August Palace Cafe. Great little walking town. Um, went to the French Quarter, went to Magazine Street. And um, it's just fun. A little warm this time of year. Probably would recommend visiting New Orleans in the fall or winter if you haven't been or the fall is my it. favorite. It's yeah. just awesome. You know, in New Orleans, all the, all the, 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 I guess the heat just kind of bakes all the, 
the stuff, you know, <laughs> and it just has its own smell. No, no doubt about that. But uh, but it's definitely it's a very culture rich city. Um, did I eat healthy this weekend? Absolutely not. So <laughs> I am feeling my joints a little more. <laughs> I am feeling it, but I'm trying to get back on the train this week. But that's what life's all about. Just do the best you can with what you got. Well, that's awesome. Well, we, we thank everybody for tuning in to us this week. And if you get a chance, I'd like you to rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast. And until next time, we'll catch you later. Uh, hey, y'all. If you've been enjoying picking up what we've been laying down, subscribe and never miss an episode. Find us on social media and let us know who's driving your car this week. You can find us on Facebook and Instagram at Who's Driving Your Car Podcast. Perfect timing, sun is shining, nothing more I need. Yeah. If you feel like this your best life, won't you sing with me?